Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for July 28th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. We have a great show for you lined up today. Nick is going to talk some fantasy football. We're going to be doing a preview of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks. Also, Jim is going to stop by. He's going to share his bets for this week's CFL games. And Brandon's going to have his NASCAR picks. Phenomenal show. Before we get into all that, obviously some big news in the NFL today with Garrett Wilson, Joe Burrow, and Jalen Ramsey going down. Yes, Ramsey's out for the season. But in terms of the other two guys, we don't know. Everyone's so quick. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. To rush to judgment. Guys, just chill the fuck out. Just chill the fuck out. Get the information and go from there. It's funny to me because... I really think the big news is Javante Williams is on the physically unable to perform list like other players are. Javante's out there playing and no one seems to be talking about that. Also, guys, this is the weird part of the betting season. It's kind of the new sport. The NFL and colleges is um, starting up. And this is when these guys, they start talking and they're like touting these records that don't even exist. And the other thing is, parlays stop. I'm so fucking, this, the ind- this is the industry right now. You have these people that boost these five-team home run parlays, three-team. And they have these huge following, and they get are getting these people just to waste money. It's a real sad state of the industry. And I'm sorry, that's not what I do. Straight bets, that's what I am about. If you want to make money with the straight bets, grinding out and be up at the end of the day, that's what I'm all about. If not, I'm not the guy for you. I'm sorry. That's my rant on sports betting. Like I said, we have a great show for you lined up. Let's jump right into it. We're going to start the podcast talking some fantasy football with Nick, better known as NAA Fantasy on Twitter. We have reached a part in the podcast where we're going to be talking some fantasy football. Who better to come on than Nick? AKA at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. Nick, how are you doing today? Great, Eric. How are you doing? Good. A little wet. We're in the middle of the monsoon here in Chicago. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we are <laughs> trying to stay a little dry. So maybe some internet connections here, but uh, Nick and I are going to power through it. So there may be a little hiccups in the audio. For those listening, I do apologize. As you know, we are going team by team, just giving a little fantasy football preview, talking about each team, players we like, players we don't like, just some quick thoughts. We're going to be continuing that today with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, the big news with the Bucs, no more Tom Brady, and they haven't even named Baker the starter yet. It's either going to be Baker or Kyle Trask is going to be the quarterback I mean, what, what's your thoughts? Is there any value in having one of these guys of Mayfield or a trash as the starting quarterback if it's not since Brady is gone? You know, I believe Mayfield's going to be the starter week one. Um, Mayfield, I, I still think, will have some QB2 appeal in two quarterback leagues. I mean, they still have Evans and Godwin in the wide receiver room. Uh, Mayfield's currently QB 33 because uh, I mean, they're, they're just not sure if he's going to be the starter or not. I still think he will be. And I think he could be a sneaky top 25 QB with the wide receiver group he has in Tampa Bay right now. And your point you made about with the wide receiver group, hypothetically, let's say Evans is top 17. Godwin's top 25. Gage is top 35. Math wise, he's going to be valuable 
if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because you have all those fantasy points coming in. So I think that's yeah. a good point. Mayfield could be worth a little bit of a flyer. The running back position, they let playoff Leonard go. You got White, who's getting a lot of love in the fantasy community. What are your thoughts on Richard White? Yeah, I'm not as high on White as everybody else is. Um, you got to remember that Brady targeted the running backs 147 times last season. And with the uptick in arm strength at the QB position with tracks or, or Mayfield, you know, I think they're going to push it down the field more. Uh, so I think there'll be a downtick in production in the passing game out of the backfield. And, you know, honestly, the offensive line isn't that good anymore losing because they lost their best pass and run blocker. Now, I agree with you 100%. I think people are falling in love with White just because they saw how much the running back was targeted in the offense. A, we need to remember it's a new offensive coordinator and Brady's not there. We've seen that these quarterbacks over time tend to dink and dunk a little bit more with their deteriorating arm strength. Next, we have the wide receiver position with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage, Cade Otten. I mean, this wide receiver tight end group is absolutely loaded. What do you think about him? Yeah, I still like Mike Evans. Uh, I mean, we see that he's dropped to wide receiver 34, which puts him at a wide receiver three, which to me is still crazy. I mean, I know there's uncertainty at the QB position in Tampa Bay, but come on. I mean, the guy has nine consecutive 1,000-yard seasons to start his career. And he's looking to tie Jerry Rice's consecutive 1,000-yard seasons this year with 10. I mean, when you're staring down a chance to tie or break a record of the greatest wide receiver in NFL history, wouldn't you be motivated to do it? And the team is going to do everything they can to help you do that and break that record, tie or break that record. So I'm in on Evans. And if he's overlooked, which is what it's looking like right now, I mean, you can get him at a value price. Um, you know, I'm not as high on Chris Godwin this year, unless you're in a PPR league, uh, the last two seasons, he's had 98 and 104 catches. So I think there's, there's value there, but his yards per catch is, was under 10 last year. So I'm not really as high on Godwin, unless you're in a PPR. My thing with Godwin is this, and I'm all in on Evans. Like I mentioned on the, uh, on the E-Top 2-1 Sports Show, NFC South stream that I bet, excuse me, the Evans overprop. I just don't know about Godwin just because I think that there's good Brady's history of feeding the middle. I think that's going to that's gonna take into Godwin's production and he may see a little bit of a downtick. So I agree with you. I'm in on Evans. I'm actually out on, on Godwin. So yeah. in... In terms of your targets for this team, who are you targeting? The only person I'm really targeting is Evans. Um, Like I said, if you're in a two QB league, I think Baker Mayfield may have some value as long as he stays as the number one guy. Um, You know, with those numbers, like you said, with the wide receivers, he could easily be a top 25 quarterback. He could even sneak into the top 20 if they really get it going down the field. Now let's shift our attention over to a very intriguing team, the Seattle 
Seahawks. Now, obviously, the main thing with Seattle is they have Geno Smith. Geno kind of came out of nowhere last season to be this fantasy football darling, and he wound it up as QB5 at the end of the season. Do you think he can repeat that magical run he had last year? No way. <laughs> that was, I mean, kudos to Gino for last year, but there's no way he does that again. Um, you know, even with the Seahawks adding Smith and the Jigba to the wide receiver group, I believe his current rank around QB 15, 16 is accurate. I mean, he'll be a high end QB two this year. Uh, and I wouldn't try to go back to the well on that one and expect another top five or even top 10 season from him. Are you ready for my bold prediction about from the Seattle Seahawks? Mm-hmm. Drew Locke is going to be the starter by the end of the season. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I'm just saying that's my prediction. I mean, I was fading Gino, but I wasn't I wasn't going to say he was going to get benched. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just saying I could really see that. I like happen. it. Now, at the running back position, Kenneth Walker um, you know, it was great with the improvements with the rookie tackles going into year two. Look, I was high on this guy when we first did our rankings. I had this guy, I think, at like number seven, number eight. And then the NFL draft happened and they drafted Zach Carbonet, the running back from UCLA, which I kind of find a head scratching move. Now, Walker has a current ADP of 40, running back 17. Are we targeting him now? Are we passing because we don't? Are we passing him because we don't know how the distribution is going to be, or is this going to be a situation like we talked about when we did our preview for the Green Bay Packers and the Washington Commanders, where we want both guys and we're going to start both guys every single week? Yeah, I mean, this offense is a very interesting group. Uh, there's a lot of talent, but with Walker, you're looking for explosive plays. With Carbonet, I mean, he's going to be the pass-catching running back because Walker was never that guy in college or in the pros so far. So I think it's the same situation uh, like in Green Bay where you got to have a piece of both of these guys if you're going to go for them because Walker, at the end of the day, with Carbonet there now, he's not going to get you everything you want because Carbonet is going to take away pass-catching, He's going to take away some of the touchdowns out of the backfield and you're going to need a piece of both. Yeah. I don't know with with the holes that they have, it was a real head scratching move to me. Who would you rather have Kenneth Walker or Damian Pierce? I got to go with Damian Pierce. I mean, he's a three down back in Houston. And I'm not worried about Singletary taking much away from him. So I'm, I'm in on Pierce for sure. Walker or Aaron Jones? I'm going to go with Walker on this one just because he's got the more explosive upside. Walker or Miles Sanders? Oh, nice. I mean, as we talked about this the other week, I mean, we're, we're high on Miles Sanders. Um, I'm going with Sanders here. You know, he's working with familiar faces. He's looking to be that three down back in Carolina, and he's going to get an uptick in catches and hopefully get back to the way he was in, I believe, 2019, um, you know, under Staley in Philly. So I'm, I think Sanders is going to have a better year. 
Now the Seahawks have a sneaky good wide receiver room. They added DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They drafted Smith and Gio. They have Noah Fant. Is there anyone that you're interested in? Yeah, I mean, DK is really the only guy I'm really looking at to invest in this year in fantasy. DK really left some points out on the field last year and still ended up wide receiver 17 overall. Uh, He was second overall in the NFL last year in red zone targets tied with Justin Jefferson. Um, Smith and the Jigba and Lockett are going to be fighting for targets this year. Uh, Lockett's on the wrong side of 30 now. And Smith Najigba is going to be finding himself that solid second option in Seattle. But I'm going to wait for the dust to settle on those two and go after Smith Najigba next year when he's the solid number two. Noah, Noah Fant is frustrating for me because he is so athletic and is still only 25, but he finds himself in a tough situation in Seattle now. The, uh, the Seahawks are going to be running more three wide receiver sets and less two tight end sets now with drafting Smith and Jigba. So Fant's really only a DFS situational play for me right now. Seattle has 114 abandoned targets with the addition of Cabernet, uh, Smith, Najihu. Who is going to take the hits in the targets, Metcalf or Lockett? Oh, it's going to be Lockett for sure. I mean, with, with Smith and the Jigba there, He's going to be fighting with Lockett for for those targets. I don't think Metcalf's going to lose any targets this year. Now, I'm just going to say two players. You tell me which one. DK Metcalf or Debo Samuels? I know you're going to hate this answer, but I'm going with DK just because he's a less risky option for me. I'm still unsure of what Debo's role is going to be in San Francisco this year. So I'm... I'm on DK. DK or Keenan Allen? DK again. I mean, he's a younger, healthier guy. Uh, Keenan Allen's injuries just worry me. DK or Calvin Ridley? Oh, well, you know I'm huge on Calvin Ridley, so he's going to be a beast this year. I mean, and also one thing to note is that he currently has the easiest wide receiver strength of schedule for the 2023-2024 season. Interesting stat. That is a good point. (laughs) That is a good point. Ridley could be that guy. Nick, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day, coming on to record, and tell everyone your thoughts on the, excuse me, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks. Next week, we're going to be doing the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend? You can find me at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. And I just have to say, the Creamsicle and the and the Seattle Seahawks throwback unis are two of my all-time favorite uniforms. I can't wait to see them out on the field this year. My only other one is the Houston Oilers throwbacks for the Titans this year. But those that the Titans great. are going to wear, which are, which are going to be tight. So oh, I, yeah. I, I definitely agree with them that one. I'm not a big fan of the Tampa Bay one, and I'm not oh, a big come fan on. of the one. Cream sick. Not a big fan. <laughs> Not a big fan. But uh, I look forward to talking to you next week on the podcast. And I'll see you on Tuesday for the live stream for the Fantasy Football Spotlight. We'll talk soon, my friend. 
That is Nick. Please make sure you give him a follow at NAA Fantasy. Now let's shift our attention over to some CFL. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking some CFL, and who better to come on than Jim? This time of the year, he's known as CFL Jim. Jim, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing good, Eric. It's it's been a it's been an interesting time getting a hold of this season, getting getting a feel. Been a weird how season. I want to bet it. It's been a real world season. Like if you would have told me that the the Red Blacks would be winning games with Crum, who I think is awful, I'd say no way in hell. He's fucking terrible, dude. I don't care. I don't care if they win those great wins for Ottawa. Love the Red Blacks. Love Red Blacks Nation. But Dustin, yeah, I love the Red Blacks. They're my favorite team. But you know, I'm amazed at the, like I said, I'm amazed they're winning games with them. And yes. that leads us to our first game, dude. Ottawa at home, who won their first game in God knows how long this year. That I called against the Elks. They're laying three and a half against the Tiger. Against the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who have been a train wreck this year, over under 48 and a half. What say you, my friend? Give me the Tiger Cats straight up in a bounce back spot. Tiger Cats just got obliterated by Toronto. They're going to bounce back here. They're going to. I, I agree 155%. I absolutely love the Tiger Cats here. I'll be playing the plus three and a half. Absolutely love it. And one thing I'm, I'm starting to notice. Betting CFL live can be pretty profitable. Yes. Live betting CFL is fantastic. So definitely looking to do that, people. Next game, we have the Saskatchewan stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. Rough Riders getting 10.5 against the Toronto Argonauts, laying against the Toronto, and the over-under is 47.5. What say you, my friend? Ugh. The only thing I'm going to probably want to touch in this game is a Toronto like team total. They very easily could win by ten and a half. They could win by fourteen, and it wouldn't surprise me. But I feel like the safer play is just betting Toronto's team total. Yeah, they they're going to score. Right. Their offense is going to score. They're going to get theirs. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pass. That's an option too I'm for some pass. people. For some cowards, I'm going to pass. Maybe I take. I'll have to look at how Saskatchewan has done defending the pass. I wonder if you can do that, dude. CFL team defensive. There's range. probably. Okay, here we go. We're looking at covers here. No, this is 2002. All right, here we go. Odd Sharks defensive stats. Seeing something interesting. I don't. P. Oh, it's points a lot. I'm not seeing passing yards a lot. Mm. I'm not seeing passing yards a lot. Penalty yards, time of possession, points allowed. Uh. Oh, here we go. Offense. Here we go. Here we go. No. Oh. No, I'm not seeing it, dude. Not seeing it? I am not seeing it, dude. Oh, here we go. Team stats on CFL.com. Let's see what we got here. No data available. Nice. Great job. (laughs) Great job. 
Maybe I'll look at some Chad Kelly, um, some Chad Kelly over 266 and a half yards passing. Uh, next game, BC Lions laying eight against the Edmonton Elks over under 43. BC is going to be without their starting quarterback, though. Yeah, but they got Dane Evans, and Dane Evans is a solid enough good, like, stopgap. Obviously, they won't be as good. Maybe play the under 43, but I'm probably just going to stick with Edmonton first half, uh, plus four and a half. Maybe sprinkle a little on the money line. I'm seeing like a 250 money line first half for Edmonton. So I might sprinkle a little bit on that. Um, I I have a play Edmonton first half. I'm definitely going to lock that bad boy in. Um, Next one, Calgary laying two and a half. Calgary getting two and a half against Montreal over under 47 and a half. I remember what we said. The sports book is not our friend, Jim. They're not. And like, this is a good spread. Like this is, this is not an inaccurate spread. I give Montreal like Montreal is like a decent team. Calgary's like, they're on the lower end of the, of the like spectrum of the CFL, but they're still solid. I do think, I think this spread is kind of like exactly accurate. I give Montreal probably like a three point lean at home. So I'm going to take the Alouettes minus the two and a half. I agree a hundred percent. Can I just say, I am blown away right now that I'm on CFL.com and I type in passing stats, seasons, filter results, no data available. Love it. Great job, CFL. I mean, what the fuck, dude? I mean, for those guys listening, if there's like a site you guys use for stuff, that'd be great. That'd be freaking phenomenal. Because um, Jimmy and I would really, really appreciate I'd it. I'd appreciate okay. it. I'd love it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm on Don Best. Oh. Not the word I'd use. Okay, so true. Defensive stats. Okay. All right. I'm on it. No, it's exactly the same. Cannot find. (laughs) Like, dude, like, literally, I'm looking at it like unbelievable, dude. Like, I'm so I click. I'm telling you, all these leagues that aren't the NFL, the like one of the major things they could all improve on is stat, uh, like management, figuring out how to. Sort and make it easy to find. All right, so rushing yards. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, so here we go. So offensive stats. British Columbia, 289. Defensive stats. Oh, actually, this is right. I I, I found it. I found it, Jimbo. So the two worst teams defending the pass are Ottawa. And Toronto. Oh, I would have thought Edmonton, but okay. Edmonton only gives up 253 yards passing per game. Hmm. Edmonton by far is the worst rushing defense. That checks out. That plays. By far. Yeah, their defensive so, and offensive fronts are terrible. I'm looking at it right now. Who does who does Swag play? Uh, they're he playing the Rough, rough riders. riders. 
They're pretty good against the pass. They get Their up. defense is good. Their defense is good. Who who is Saskatchewan's quarterback? Uh, right now it's Mason Fine. He's a little rough. Who is? There's not a lot of stats for him. He hasn't played a ton. Who are the Who's the Tiger Cats quarterback? Uh, right now it's hard to tell. Let's see. Let's see. It's probably gonna be. God, I wish it was my boy, but it's probably not my boy because I think he's hurt. It's like they played Taylor Powell last week. I wouldn't be surprised if they go with him again. I just let's see if I can find. You know, I could just look on DraftKings and see what. You could do that. Looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm just happy I found these, Jimbo. All right, here we go. Let me pull up DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, here we go. We're going down to football. We're going to CFL. We're going to go to this game right here. We're going to see player stats. Game line. Player props. Here we go. Oh, nothing listed. Yep. They just have Dustin Crum. They have Dustin Crum. They have no quarterback listed. (laughs) What's Montreal against it? Yeah, I'm going to have to play around with this, dude. You might have to. Montreal's playing Calgary. Montreal's there. Interesting, interesting. Well, dude, that was this was a quick to keep little your eyes on. Player props. Maybe Jim and I will go live on Instagram. Give out player props. Jim, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? You guys can find me everywhere at XFL Jim. I'm all over everywhere. You guys know. Jim, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. Uh, let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. We'll talk soon, my dude. friend. Let's do it. Please give my boy Jim a follow at XFL Jim. Now let's shift our attention over to some NASCAR. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking some NASCAR and who better than come on then. Brandon, a.k.a. Boston Boy 83. Brandon, how are you doing today, my man? Good, my man. How about yourself? Good, good, good. We had some big, uh, big football news. For those that missed it, you can go back to my YouTube channel. Brandon was on my weekly show, the E-Top 2 on Sports Show, where we previewed the AFC East. Jalen Ramsey of the Miami Dolphins went down with a knee injury. It's looking like the guy I know just texted me, said he's done for the year. I would so, think so. Yeah, big, big blow. Garrett Wilson, he's going to be fine for the beginning of the year, but he went down. Joe Burrow, they're calling him the string calf. God only knows with him. I mean, he gets beat up a lot. Hopefully he is okay, but we're not here to talk NFL. We're here to talk some NASCAR. And Richmond. excuse me, we're, we're racing Richmond short track. Why don't you tell everyone what what you know about Richmond, my friend? Short track racing, and right now there's a lot of tempers. I mean, you kind of I don't want to say you have two lines here, but you kind of do. You can run the middle. You can kind of dime in the corner, get a good run off. Uh, tires are going to be a major factor, and uh, 
I think early on it's going to be whoever can hug the bottom. Uh, that track's hard to get into the corner because you're heavy braking, in that, but you got to get off the brake and roll through the middle to carry your momentum off. But with that being said, and it being a short track, tempers are flaring right now. You had Ryan Priest start punching Corey LaJoy in his car after at Pocono. You had Larson and Hamlin. Hamlin basically dumped him for the win. Larson's not going to be happy, so I will start with this. I'm going to not touch Hamlin and Larson, who are going to be two front runners for the race, because if they are near each other towards the end and it comes to a win, one's dumping the other or they're both dumping themselves. Yeah, that's interesting because I was looking at Larson, I was looking at Hamlin, and I was looking at Penn's top 10, and I did the same thing. I didn't want any investment in any of them just because we're at that point of the year where people are getting sick of each other. Yep. They're short-fused. Someone pisses you off. I'm going to look to do something to you. It's just, you know what I mean? So that's why if there's any bad, bad blood or there could be a chance of a wreckage, I'm going to sit back. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to let these people, these racers do what they do. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, I got four. I'm pretty deep today, dude. I got four bets today. What? How about? How many do you have, my friend? I got three. Possibly, I sat here and did three. I have three, possibly a fourth. All right. So I will, since I have four, I'll start off. I did Kevin Harvick over William Byron. In mm -hmm. 10 career starts, Byron only has two top tens at Richmond. Two weeks ago at New Hampshire, which runs very similar to this, he finished 24th. Harvick. Last 10 races at Richmond, one time he's finished outside the top 10. Last 20 races, only five times he's finished outside the top 10 at Richmond. Harvick, sixth best average finish here, 7.8 compared to Byron's, 14.2. Also, Harvick, last two races, has finished fourth back-to-back -to -back top fives. Yep. Flip side, Byron last two races, he has been 18 or lower, I believe. Let me double check that. So I'm just getting, I am getting someone that is hot, someone that does insanely well at this track. And I'm getting this at a minus 118 price on one shop. I am all about this. Sorry, 14th. His last two races, 14th and 24th. So I got one guy coming in good, good stats at the track. Another guy struggling, hasn't performed well here. Basically, again, I'm picking price at the minus 118. I'm going to take Harvick over William Byron. Well, you shut me up because the second you just said that, I was like taking Uncle Kev over Byron. Those stats, recent races, can't go wrong with it. Um, I will say the Toyotas have been fast. You had Hamlin win last week. Truex has been on fire. Um, Bell was up front in the Chicago road course race. So I think the Toyotas are the ones to beat right now. So that's why with me fading Hamlin and Larson, I'm going to go Christopher Bell, seven to one. Short track racer, love short tracks. Good, due for a win. Toyota, that's all I got. Bell, seven to one. That's funny because Bell's one of mine, but I found him at nine to one. 
Perfect. Um, Even better. He has the second best average finish of current drivers. Obviously, uh, Barry, who raced here last time, you looked at the last six races, he's going to have the best average finish, but he's not in a car. Last six races, five top tens, okay, led 4.1% of the laps. Last six races, five top tens, and the second best average finish, and I'm getting nine to one on Bell. Ninth best average finish on short tracks, one Martinsville, which is a short track back in 2022. I just kind of feel right now with Larson, Hamlin, Truex, Harvick's last go around, I kind of feel like Bell's just kind of there like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm just I'm just kind of here just having a great season and no one's talking about me. What's up? You know what I mean? Like, I just kind he's of got, feel he's, he's got to win. Cool. He's got to win. He's in the playoffs. Yeah, he's kind of a little sneaky, a little bit under the radar. I'm getting nine to one on him, and he has the second best average finish. Hello, this is what I love. I'm I'm in on him. All right. So, do you mind if I go again since we both had him? Yeah. So I'm gonna go with another Toyota. All of his teammates are in the chase or in the locked in the playoffs already. Truex locked in. Hamlin locked in. Bell locked in. This man ran very, very good and showed a lot of speed and talent at Pocono. I'm going with Ty Gibbs at 25 to one in a Toyota, improving week by week. And what a better way to cap off a short track win and put every single Toyota at Joe Gibbs into the playoffs. No, no track history, first year in the cup. So I have nothing to go off of there. He was great at every track in Xfinity. But I'm watching this kid slowly improve. He had a huge temper in Xfinity and would wreck people, fight people, everything. He's been calm, cool, collected, and you're watching his stats continue to improve every single week. And after Hamlin winning last week, imagine him locking himself in the playoffs at 25 to 1 and every single Gibbs car will be in the playoffs. Yeah, that would be quite a thing, dude. That would be kind of bad. And, and I don't mean to cut you off. Normally every week he's around the 33 to 40, even 50 to one. And the fact that this week going in at 25 to one, other people are seeing the same thing. I like it. My next one, and this guy's been struggling, but look, I kind of feel when you look at historically how he's done here, I have to get it. And I'm seeing Alex Bowman at 40 to one. So I locked him in one here in 2021 finished Eighth here last race, um, last year, excuse me, ran well in the spring race. He had the third best running position for that whole race. Um, and you just look at his average at short tracks, he does well at short tracks. So I'm getting somebody that's mispriced in the market because, look, let's face it, ever since he just hasn't been right this year, he does ru- well at short tracks. Need, does he need a win? I'm not yes. really sure. He needs uh... a win to get in. Yes, he is right now currently 46 points behind the cutoff line. Yeah, needs a win to get in. Um, you know, I'm pulling it up right now. I just feel that this price at 40 to 1 is just way too good to pass up for Alex Bowman. I'm locking in Bowman at hey, 40 to 1. We locked Bowman in at 40 to 1 last year and he pulled the tri- we pulled the trigger on it and we got the win. So maybe we do a last year this year thing at 40 to 1 with Bowman. That'd be good. I'd like you, that a lot. You're talking about a win to get in. The man sitting right behind Bowman at minus 56 below the cutoff line. 
He has not shown a lot of speed, which I will say I don't think Chevy's outside of Larson has shown a lot of speed in general. He has to win to get in. You rarely, rarely ever find this man sitting at 14 to 1. And after the odds you've been reading to me, whatever book you're using, I'm assuming is even higher than this. But Chase Elliott at 14 to 1. Richmond's not phenomenal for him by any means. But at some point, these guys are going to take a long shot, whether it be pit strategy or something, to somehow pull off a win, block somebody, wreck somebody. Some There's no way this man goes into the playoffs not in the playoffs. Don't see it happening. And I'm going to keep banking on him every week with these type of odds, 14 to 1, 12 to 1, 16 to 1, every single week until the playoffs start because the man's got to get in. Yeah. He can't break his leg perform poorly ever since he's got back, dump Hamlin and get suspended. The only saver he has in this entire season is getting in. So number nine himself at 14 to one right now. I like that. I like that a lot. My last one here, going back to the well, did me dirty last week. Give me Amarillo top 10. Two Ooh. to one. What is it? Two um, to one? Two to one plus 200. Ooh. Um, you were pretty mad about that last week. I, I just want to just want to say that I was pretty mad because I'm here <laughs> watching the feed, and it looked like he was content with a 12th place finish. Yeah, and that's the thing that upset me. Like you're here, you're racing, you're trying to do as best as you can. It just kind of looked at me. It was like, hey, you know what? Let's not damage the car. Let's get through the next race. Yeah, and that's the thing that pissed me off. Is like, look, dude, I don't care if you win or lose, but at least. But at least fucking try. At least yes. fucking try, dude. Um, eight top 10 races, last 17 short tracks. Pretty good. Last six races here, three top 10s. Pretty good. Runs, this track runs a lot like New Hampshire. And New Hampshire is just his track. He's just a good short track. He's another guy that needs to win to get in. And he's another guy. This could be his last go around. Yeah, needs to get that win. I will take Amarello top ten plus two hundred. So boom, there you have it. You know, I I'm on Harvick over Byron at minus one eighteen. Bowman forty to one. Bell nine to one. Amarello top ten plus two hundred. Brandon is on Chase at fourteen to one. 14 to 1. He has Bell at 7 to 1. Gibbs at 25 to 1. Anyone else? Or did I miss somebody? No. So I'm going to add here at the end. You know, every week I normally like to throw out a long shot. I'm going to have two that you can sprinkle lightly on. He finished eighth at New Hampshire. He was running very well at Pocono. And he's getting more and more consistent. Bubba Wallace is sitting at 50 to 1. He's been qualifying in the top 10 week after week after week and qualifying. He hasn't pulled it off. He hasn't been in contention for a win at the end. But if this is a short track race where tempers are already high and there's issues between people, I like him sitting around 50 to 1. I will also piggy that with Chris Busher, another guy that's shown a lot of consistency recently at 60 to 1. So I don't want to, like, I know I have three major picks, three. But if you are fishing and looking for a possible long shot that you'd like to just dabble with, I would look at Bubba Wallace at 50 and Busher at 60. I like those. I like those. Brandon, 
I would like to thank you for coming on, talking some NASCAR. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media and when your next iRacing iRacing event is. Boston Boy 83 on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we raced last night, was running in the top 10, got taken out on lap 80 at 200. We will be at Michigan next week, uh, Wednesday night at 9 p.m. So I post the link, you post the link for the broadcast and uh, the Twitch and car camera and audio. So ready to rebound and maybe uh, maybe just a little bit of payback comes. Uh, comes I'll, I'll tell you what, man, you're a bigger guy than me because I would have been livid because that was a dirtball fucking move, dude. I fucking was watching that shit. That guy intentionally took you out, dude. Intentionally took you out. He and like you handled it way more professional than I did because I would have been swearing up a fucking storm to that. Dude. I'll tell you with the car that we had last night and after the first pit stop, adding a pound of tire pressure in the left rear, I was able to get off the corner a lot better. And we were going to easily finish top. I'll say I want to say five, but I'll say seven because the man that wrecked me and damaged his car finished ninth. So if oh, that tells you anything. We had we had a top five. So, yeah. We'll be back at it next week, and uh, there may not be an intentional wreck, but he's going to see me in the mirror for a few lots before I just go around him. I like it. I like it. I'll make sure to retweet that link and everything. Good luck in your bets, and we'll talk soon, my friend. Thanks, guys. Good luck, everybody. That's it for the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate all you guys. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.